Dude, we are doing it. We're really doing it, Harry. We've been talking about this for a while. Yep, yep, yep. How long have we been friends? Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year at 2024. I don't... I that's know. ridiculous. Time time is non-existent. It doesn't make sense at all. Uh, how long have we been friends? So, Challenger Baseball, man. Um, I would say... Little League at PCO. Little League, PCO. Putnam City Optimist. This was before pitch, kid pitch. Yeah. It was pitching machine. Yep. Second grade, I think. I want to say, yeah, second grade. Second grade. So what age are you in second grade? Uh, let's do some math here. Does that like seven, six eight? Six or seven, six, seven, eight range. Yeah. I think, I think we figured it out. We've been friends for 30 years. Yeah, we had our... Uh, our anniversary, our thirty-year anniversary this year. It's pretty good. I love it. So, do you do New Year's goals, resolutions? Um, I don't think I, I I have goals. Okay, but they're not necessarily specific to the new year. I've found just as my personality that I typically have goals. Uh, I could do a better job about writing my goals down probably and like thinking them out, but I typically have uh, something in my mind that I want. Based on the season you're in? Yes, 100%. So, and then try to work back from there to, to try to like achieve it. Yeah. So I don't necessarily, I wouldn't say I have like, like I'm not a big fan of like New Year's. I don't know if I'm, it's not that I'm not a fan, I guess, but... I don't have New Year's resolutions. I typically don't either. And a few years ago, I started doing the word of the year thing because I was like, that's a little bit more attainable, a little bit more focus driven. But I did write down goals last year. And when I went to write down, because same thing, I was like, not necessarily for the year, but just for the season and like kind of what we're transitioning into. I went to write them down and I just started writing it and editing the note and I didn't copy it. So I don't remember like what they were and I don't, so I don't know if I hit them. I'm, I, I'm just going to assume I hit them all and I killed it, but it's a win. Yeah. yeah, it's a win. But I think getting them to paper is a better thing. And I've kind of since gotten away from the word of the year because for three years in a row, my word was discipline. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm probably just going to keep on rolling with discipline. I don't know. So anyways, all right, let's jump in. All right, so jumping right in, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. I'm Jamie. I'm Adam. We are two normal dudes who have been best friends and are basically brothers, um, as we said, since second grade. And we have, we've been through so much life together. We, be, we lived together basically our senior year of high school. <laughs> yeah. For, I, I don't even know why, but we just stayed up late playing video games and had bizarre senior year schedules. So, pizza. Pizza, a lot of pizza, a lot of late nights playing Splinter Cell. And, but we've been friends for a long time. And we just, man, we're in a stage of life where we self reflect a lot and we kind of, have to contemplate everything every day, every month, every quarter, every year, just having kids, having jobs. And so through our conversations, just being able to help other people that are going through similar things, whether it's not yet in the stage of life or currently in the stage of life, or maybe you're a stage ahead 
and you still just want to work on growing and improving in every facet that you can. Um, and I think that that's one of the best things about our friendship is, is we've always just gotten to the, the heart of matters. We haven't been afraid to have deep conversations from the get go and try to help each other grow and sharpen each other. So we wanted to do this podcast. Uh, we're calling it the old growth culture because OGC. Old, the OGC baby. And we're the, we're the two first OGs. So that's, that's pretty fun. Yeah, dude. I love that. But just this mindset of old growth is, is anything over a hundred years, 200 years, basically lasting beyond this lifetime. And as, as we're in this phase of life and we're reflecting on things, a lot of our biggest victories, uh, have been in things that, that are not, um, measurable in this lifetime, but are that are things going to, going to be for our kids or our kids, kids to enjoy, or even eternally for us in, in regards to faith and, and family and things like that. And so that's the whole purpose of this is we want to inspire people to get a community of, of people that just want to grow in every facet that they can. And so we're going to jump in and, and start talking about some things. I've got a quote, um, that I want to start off with, uh, it says, if you woke up with a giant hill to climb, you're in a growth environment. And I just think that there's so many times, you know, we talk probably every day, every other day, um, usually, and rarely has it been more than a week that we don't talk, but we're talking about the hills that we're climbing, you know, yeah. always constantly. And whether it's with kids or in our marriage or financially or professionally or um, in health and in fitness and stuff. And that's how it's been. I mean, like I even remember in high school, us dealing with high school stuff. And at the time it seemed like the biggest deal in the world, but we always had each other to sharpen each other and talk through things with. And so any way that we can help other people do this and, and cultivate that mindset of just growth and improvement. Um, it's not self-help because I think it's, it's really, uh, we're blessed by God and, and the community he's put us in and the friendship that we have. Uh, but it is just spurring each other onward and trying to help, help each other out as much as possible. So today we're going to start out talking our first episode. I'm excited to jump right in Welcome to the OGC. If you're listening, um, we're going to talk about failure today. And today's is, uh, uh, the, the title of today's episode is failure is inevitable. And the question I want to open with is why do we feel fear failure? Why do we fear failure? I think there's so much to be said about failure one and the fear of failure. And I think, um, one of the reasons is is because of how we we think other people are going to view us i think it's this idea absolutely you know what i mean it's this idea of what is what are they going to think of me and half of the time or more uh it's it's people that we are acquaintances with or we know like but we're not friends yeah we're not it's not you and me yep Cause, and that's the, that's the irony of it, right? Is like, we talked about this. We, we tell each other all of our failures because like we have that relationship and, and we, and there's like no fear, right? And there's no fear of it there. And yet we are afraid to fail because of what other quote unquote other people are going to think about us when like half the time we don't even know them or have a really deep relationship with them. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? It's insane. And it's, it's crazy that even as we, as I was thinking about talking about this, that wasn't even on my radar, but that's probably the number one driving factor. Yeah. 
right? I, mean, I, th- I think there's probably a little bit of insecurity and in the, like you're afraid you're, you're not going to be able to do it. And so like, but like self deprecation, but like even that stems from like, what are others going to think about me? And right. what, if I, if I, if people know I'm doing this or trying this or people around me see me fail, you know, it, it, like I can live with if I mess up, if I fail, but I think that that is such a driving force. That's such a, such a great point. And I think so many people deal with the fear of failure and he, us even starting this, I was so adamant. Like I, I won't, this is, it's literally new year's Eve. We have babysitters right now. We don't have kids. <laughs> Our wives are in the other room cooking yep. or baking cookies. And we just got done eating dinner. And, uh, one of my goals this year is like, I want to put out 52 of these episodes and yeah. we couldn't do it once a week if we didn't start today. And so, um, but we're going to fail in this. Like we're going to say stupid stuff. We're going to, you know, there's so much failure ahead of us in 2024 or whatever the new year and stuff. But, uh, the reality of it is, is we fail every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, um, first of all, to back up, if you don't know, um, and you're, and you're listening, uh, Adam and I are both believers. We're both Christians. Yep. Uh, we both go to the same church together, which has been really cool to see God develop that relationship. But even if you're not a believer, um, the reality is, is like, we, we can't live up to the standard that we put on ourselves and that the world puts on us, especially now with social media and, you know, performance and jobs and just, it's, it's, it's never ending. And if you are a growth minded person, like you are constantly striving to the next peak. And so usually you're failing on your own attempts to try to get to that next mountaintop. And, um, so we fail every single day. Um, I know for me, like parenting, like every Golly, day, dude, every single day, every day, and we've, like every hour. Yes. For being honest. Yes. Like there's probably a conversation I need to have with my son when I get home and Hey, sorry, dad was little, little too short tempered there, you know? Um, but some of the best failures have kind of been a catalyst for change in my life. And, yeah. um, I think a big one for, for me was financially. Like when Lauren and I got married, we didn't have a clue how to handle money, how to deal with money, but we kept fighting about it and it was coming in, it was going out. And finally we just got tired of, of being frustrated. And so, uh, after hard conversations, you know, we had some resources and, uh, got in some programs that were beneficial to us and had people kind of guide us. I actually had a mentor teacher that, that talked to me about the Dave Ramsey program and whether or not you agree with Dave Ramsey or whatever, that's, I'm not trying to argue or say one thing or another, but it was helpful to us. Yeah. And had we not failed and been struggling and made some really stupid financial choices, uh, we never would have been able to do that. So financially parenting, um, what are some areas in your life that you failed that it's been a, Man, I look back at, and I think about things in life and there are, <clears throat> I've, I have, I am a failure. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like I, I, I failed way more than I've succeeded. I go all the way back to like, uh, as a kid, like uh, sports is a big part of my life playing, playing sports and everything. And I mean, even in eighth grade or seventh grade in middle school, I played basketball and like, I wasn't a starter. I vividly remember that I didn't start as a seventh grader. Like, okay, whatever. Like it's middle school basketball, who cares? Right. But like, it still had an impact on me. And then you go into high school and it's like, you don't, 
you know, you, you don't make the varsity team as a freshman and like you fail again, or you're like, I, I was terrible at math and I remember getting like a D in math and then I go in and like play sports throughout high school and then I don't really get recruited by anybody uh, playing basketball. And so I basically get like a half scholarship to a two-year school, a junior college. And at this point, I'm like, yeah, I want to play. Like, I don't care. Free Help pay for some school, play, and that, that'd be great, right? And like still only got a half scholarship. Um, then I go on to that, and it's like, I go to, uh, you think about like my professional life and at the, the company I work for, I've every job that I've applied for, except for the first job that I got with the company. And I always joke because <laughs> it was when we were first opening, a, uh, their, the operations center here where we live. And I joke with everybody because it's like, I showed up to the interview, I had a pulse and I was breathing. So they hired me. Right. Like, so like I got lucky there, I suppose. Uh, but even then, so after that point, every new position or promotion that I had applied for, I got turned down the first time. That's crazy. And it's crazy that you say that because like at walking through these things with you, I forget this, like yeah. and seeing where you are now and like, it, it to anybody else on the outside they they would think like man he's not a failure like he's he's doing it but like that's the reality is every job you applied for you got turned down aside from the first one and what's funny about the first one i got fired from the pool job <laughs> i was we were working in a pool together i was managing it and and they they didn't ask me back to manage it the next summer when you get this job and so absolutely man like professionally it, it's just it's part of the deal I think that I think the biggest thing with it too is nobody sees that people 100%. see the end results of the course of 15 years and they think that it just happened and that it was this easy, you know, progression. It, it was like a staircase, right? It's just one step up. And the reality is it's not, it's like it's ups, it's downs, it's twists and turns and you fall and you you're frustrated and like, so having hearing you say that and thinking about over the progress like you you getting turned down for every single job but then what ends up happening after that though well yeah i mean there's the flip side of that i think and it's like a it's an exercise in perseverance not to sound too cliche but it, that's what it is yeah and that's why it's so important and that's why failure is inevitable is because going back to your growth mindset like what you talked about earlier the only way you can get better is to fail period. Yep. I don't care what anyone says. I don't, I do not care what anyone else says. Like and it's a fact. It is a fact. You learn about yourself. You learn about the people around you. Like you learn who has your back in certain situations, whether it's professionally, whether it's personally, you learn, what opportunities you have as an individual, like where are my shortcomings? Like, what can I do? What do I need to start doing better differently? And, and like prepare myself for the next time, yeah. whatever that looks like, whether it's another job opportunity, it's an interview, it's, it's, uh, with your kids. So failure is the only way you can grow and you can get better. And that's what you have to do. 
and you can you can do two things right like you can fail and then go in a shell and and like think you're not good enough and that's okay to have those thoughts by the way that's natural everyone has it right so you're gonna go home you're gonna have that day be frustrated what if you get mad you gotta go run it out box it out work right. out or if you go to sleep to whatever be frustrated be down listen to sad music like you're gonna have that exactly exactly Oh, and, and then do something about it. Yes. Right. You like, can't stay there. Take your time. Take your time. Be upset about it. And then do something about it. Yep. And that's that's why I say, you know, failure is the only way you can grow. Is if you take a good hard look at what's going on and, and what you're doing and then do something about it. So in my realm, <clears throat> I'm a coach. And so in the coaching realm, it's like what what you start out with is when you're a young coach, you're trying to prove to yourself, you're trying to prove to everybody you can do it. You know what you're doing. And in the business world is very similar and having worked in corporate, like it's, I remember thinking it's like, Oh, I got to prove to everybody, you know, I can do it. I'll take on the extra load. I can do all these things. Um, and the reality is, is like wins, whatever the win is, whether it's like you get a project done or like in my world, like you actually win a match, or you win a tournament or something like that. Winning makes you confident, but losing or failing makes you better. And like, I, I'm a firm believer of that. And I, I know that's hard to hear for some people that are just like getting hit by wave after wave after wave right now in life. But if you can learn lessons from those failures and actually, like you said, self-reflect and see where your shortcomings are, like that's a blueprint to success. I mean, it is literally a stepping stone, a roadmap for you to improve. And I think that that's something that we forget. And I, I love in my job is like, when we lose, I know exactly what we need to do at the next practice. When we win, I have an idea of what was helpful and what was good, but it's not a surefire. And that's where like, man, failure, it just, it just makes you better. And it is a hundred percent a part of the process. Like you don't achieve anything worth remembering without having significant setback and failure as a part of your process, be it personally, financially, even in workouts. I mean, even in, even in fitness realm, like you gotta, you gotta break down. And there's like, I remember talking to you, like you get to a plateau and you just, you can't improve anymore. And you, you gotta have to, like, if you don't fail, you don't know what to try next or what to adjust to go ahead and keep moving in a, in a positive trajectory and continue to grow. The way you build muscle, like a physical muscle, like a bicep is to break it down. Which you have great biceps, by the way. <laughs> I, I, uh, I do ton, you know, curls, curls, nonstop bias for the guys. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yes, that yeah. is, that is how you grow muscle is literally breaking it down. Your muscle is failing and, and then it gets stronger. But you, but what's crazy about it is the more nutrients, the right things you put back into it. Yes. The more it grows. Yes. And that's like when we fail, we talked about, you have those moments, those emotions, those feelings where you like, you can get mad. That's a natural part of breakdown is, is you have those emotions that want to keep you there and keep you stuck but you have to have people putting the right things into you saying like, I'm going to give you a day. I'm going to give you a week after this, but you know, it's, it's back on the horse, like pull yourself up. I'm going to, I'm going to be there with you. Um, and that's the hard thing about today is like misery loves company. Mm. 
and like close friends, like it's hard. Like there've been times where you've had to tell me like, okay, what are you doing now to fix it? Yeah. Or vice versa, you know, it's just not letting ourselves stay there. And, and we're not yes men to each other. And that's hard too, because sometimes you hear stuff you don't want to hear. It doesn't taste good going down all the time, but the reality is, is that's what helps you grow and improve from those failures because you can't stay there. You can't stay in that, that broken, frustrated, emotional spot of, of what you feel when you do fail. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. So if it is part of the process, what are some lessons that you've learned? Talk about some lessons that you've learned. So you talk about perseverance. You, how many jobs have you gone for that you missed? Can you count them? Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. Let me, let me put me on the spot here. Let me see. We've got actually your count. You I'm like, literally doing the finger count. I mean, I would say five. Okay. Over the course of, you know, 14 years, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's with the same company. Yeah. Right. So like every couple of years, there's been an opportunity that I thought I had, I thought I had uh, or a chance at. And you're interviewing probably with people that <clears throat> know you, that know your track record. Absolutely. They it's, know, they know my work, they know my product, they know my track record, as you said. And so it's, yeah, it's people that I'm working with and, and oftentimes have worked with in the past, like directly, yeah. right? Like I yeah, legitimately, they know everything there is to know. So talk about a gut punch. It's not even like, I can't even go back and say like, oh, it's HR, it's recruiting, it's somebody on the other side of the country, it's a different company who doesn't know who I am. Right. So you're like, I'm totally questioning myself at this point. It's like, man, they they know my work, so that means, that definitely means it's not good enough. Yeah. I'm not good enough. So yeah, perseverance, right? Going back to that, it's like, just knowing that there's a, you, you hear people talk about this too sometimes, like you bet on yourself, and you have to do that a lot of times and know that you are good enough. Yep. You still need to work on some things and maybe the timing's not right. Cause I think that's part of it too. Yep. The whole saying, you know, timing is everything. Mm-hmm. I do think that's part of it because there's probably some opportunities that I didn't get that just the timing wasn't right. Maybe I wasn't mature enough or far along enough, technically sound enough, whatever it was. And so, but, but those are all things I learned, right? Yeah. That's part of the process is for me to sit back and say, okay, you, yeah, you were right. I, I shouldn't have got that one. And that's why. Did you ever have that like feeling of like you're wrong or yes. So what, oh my gosh. Yes. So like, how do you, how do you get past that? It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, the, one of the positions, yeah, absolutely. In fact, I, I did the job that I applied for kind of like on an interim basis or like when the, the person who had the job before it was available, I would fill in for them if they were on, you know, out of the office. Right. So like I thought, man, yeah, like I got this right. And I didn't get it. How long, how long did you do it? It. Well, on the, on the interim basis. Well, it was more for, it was more intermittent. So okay. like if they were just out on, you know, PTO or FTO gotcha. or whatever, I'd back up, yeah. be their backup and, and things like that. There was a, a period of about a month where they were doing kind of a different assignment and I did it then as well. So 
that that role that I had applied for to, to to get the person who did it before was actually the hiring yeah manager for it. And so yeah, I took it very personal and it took a long time for me to get over that. So much where like I was borderline unprofessional when I didn't get the news. And um or or when I got the news that I didn't get the right, the role, right. right? And so like, if, what, if, what did you like turn a table over? Give him, like, yeah, I, I gave him the a double bird, <laughs> flipped the table. Uh, there was a glass of no, I didn't, uh, but just like, I'm just like reactionary, probably. Yeah, well, first of all, they called me on the phone, awesome from an airport, <laughs> amazing on there on a Friday, yes, afternoon because good news always gets delivered on Fridays. So, I'm thinking, well, and that's the best part, right? Is I'm thinking, oh, they couldn't wait. <laughs> They couldn't wait to tell Sorry, me. Sorry, I'm laughing. I'm like, heck yes, I got this. I see my phone start to ring. <laughs> oh my god! I see the number on it. I knew who it was, and I'm like, let's go. This is the, they let's wanted go. me. I was the guy. And uh, and uh, of course, you know, we know how that ended. And uh, <laughs> I said, you know, five words maybe total oh. to this individual. But going back to your question, it took a while, man. Yeah, it did. There's a lot of resentment. I took it personal, but you still had to show up and do a job. Still had to show up. That's the thing. And then, you know, like fake it till you make it. Frankly. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. Cause it's you know, like other opportunities you're going to be looking. That's right. And you can't just mail it in. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's discipline. We well, fast forward like 12 months. Sure enough, another opportunity comes around. It was not a promotion in the sense of like a stair step up. You think of like a, a career or job. <clears throat> a lot of people have that like ladder, climb the ladder, corporate ladder mentality yeah. or whatever it might be, educational, whatever. But really a career journey is like lattice. Mm -hmm. It can go sideways a little bit. It can go diagonal a little bit. And this next opportunity that came up was more of a sideways or diagonal, which led to another opportunity down the road. Yeah. So that's why it's so important that yes, it's okay to be upset. Like we were talking about earlier, be upset, be in your feelings for a couple of days to where you are kind of a little bit ugly about it, whatever, do your thing. But then you got to get back on the horse. Yeah. You can't stay there. No, you can't stay there. And that's just like, that's everything, man. And like the, the emotional wave of failure hits and we just have to remember that like, emotions are great employees and they're terrible bosses. And so like, it's natural. Like you can't, you can't run from it, but you just cannot let them control you. And I mean, cause think of what you could have spoiled if, if you would have just gone, you know, chirped back, you know, gotten in your feelings, mailed it in at, at the, the day to day, like, or what's really popular right now. Quit. Yeah. Just, just quitting. You don't like your situation. You see ya this isn't the right fit for me yeah transfer portal they don't like me i know yeah. so what a lot of people won't realize is like we're kind of old heads a little bit in the sense of OGC. like ogc man i just think like there's something to the longer the newer that the that everything gets and the older we get it's just crazy how some of these timeless practices are really beneficial long term they're not pretty like it wasn't pretty you going in the next day. You probably went to work the next day. I bet you got there early and you probably stayed a little bit late. 
the next day after getting turned down by somebody that knew your work ethic. But it's like, dude, that's what you do. You stick it out. And, and I'm not saying that there's not opportunities where you leave and, and it's that you gotta be a, a, you know, 25 year company person. But I think just that discipline, that perseverance, that reality of like, regardless of the outcomes, I'm waking up the next day and I know the output I'm going to give and how I'm going to approach this, regardless of what the outcomes are. And I think once you get to that spot, like that's the biggest lesson that I've learned is like win or lose, like our strategy might change. Like we might adjust some X's and O's things, but like our approach it stays the same. And that's, that's like, that applies in every aspect of life. So like you're married, right? And you get in a huge fight with your spouse next day. I'm still choosing to be married to her. Mm. And, and usually we have a rule in our house. That's like, we got to get it settled before we go to bed, yeah. at least to where we can agree to disagree. Like even that's a thing like, Hey, we need to, we need to follow this up, but I love you. We're good. Um, and we're going to wake up and we're going to pursue just like we did regardless of the outcome because it's a commitment. I mean, that's like you're committed, you're persevering through things. I think in parenting, it's the same way. Like the more steady we can be as parents, the more solid our kids are going to be in the long run. It's like, here are the boundaries. Here's what you can do. Here's what you can't do. I don't operate outside of those. You might, and you'll get the consequences of them because they're kids. They're going to fail. Like we just talked about that at dinner. Like, that's all it is. It's just repetition. Like they're, they're failing every day to try to figure out what they're supposed to do. And that's why as parents, it's our job to, to help them and to tell them, but we have to be steady in our approach and just consistent in what we do. And I think consistency over the long run is the biggest thing that I've learned in failure is like, even in working out, like you're not going to, I mean, you might, there are, there are things you can do that I know you can lose a lot of weight really fast or you can do this or that, but it's not sustainable. If you want sustainable change in lifestyle, it's got to be day in, day out, sticking to the process, knowing that that's, that's what you need to do, adjusting where you need to adjust, figuring out where your shortcomings are, and then just going forward day after day with that. And that's the biggest thing that I think through, through failures for me that I've been able to tell is like trusting that failure is a good thing. And just always, like, I love that you said that after the interview process, you realized that you, when you didn't get it, there were some areas that you needed to mature or some areas that you needed to do. Like you, we, we have to be looking for that constantly. And I think it's more important that we're proactive when we're winning yeah, and looking for those areas of shortcomings. Because again, it's like, it's real easy to think like, yeah, what I'm doing is great. And pretty soon you plateau and and you'll, you'll, you'll never continue to grow and continue in an upward trajectory. If you continue to do what you've always done, you just have to have that mindset of like, I'm always falling short somewhere. Where can I adjust? And I think that that's where it's like, we've, we've turned failure into this negative thing. And it's like in the realm, in the realm I'm in working with high school students and their parents and, and we're at a great school but parents are so afraid to let their kids experience failure and heartache. And it's like, it should be the opposite. Like you should be pushing them towards those situations when the stakes are low. Cause as you and I have talked about, like now when you're a parent or when you're a spouse or when you're working at a job and you're higher up, you're a director, you're a, a manager, you're a you know supervisor, whatever. It's like the stakes are higher, mm. but in high school, it's like you'll get a detention. 
you'll get a D on a test or a, a C in a class or, you know, but it's like, there's, there's parents at school. You think that they work there. They're up there at school so much. Like, dude, did you get a job? Are you, can I see your name badge, please? Or you, that they go to school there. Like that, that's what they, <laughs> I don't even know if my parents knew where my high no, school was. I, that's my parents. Every, my whole thing was like, I don't want to hear from your teachers. And if I do, I'm automatically assuming something is wrong. And so it's like, 100%. I had I, like my coach running into him at the store or something is like, I'm just going the opposite way. Cause even if he had something good to say, like my mom's like, why did he talk to me? <laughs> like, what, what was that about? What did you do? So I, I know it's, it's, it's crazy. And I think, and I get it like from a parent perspective, I do understand it's hard to see your kids hurt and it's hard to see your kids struggle, but like we're not raising them to be kids. Well, the thing about it though, is what you, what you just said is it's hard, but guess who it's hard for? It's hard for you as a parent. Yes. And it's hard for them too, but you're seeing it and you're saying this is hard for me. And so when, when you step in to, to do that thing to prevent them from failing, it's really pretty selfish. It is. Cause it's, it's, it's appeasing your need to not see something that you don't want to see as a parent. Yep. And it's also that I think there's this idea of like, I'm not a bad parent. So like, I don't want to let my kid, otherwise I'm a bad parent. Yep. And so there's a lot of this go back to failing. What did I talk about at the beginning? It's kind of crazy. I'm thinking about this. It's, it's, a, it's, it's what other people think. And as a parent, yep. when you're talking about your kids, I don't want to see my kid fail. I, I also don't want my kid to be a failure. And, and then other people think badly about my that's kid, a reflection which is a of reflection of me and of my parenting. That's, that's something it's a byproduct of what I see working in education all the time. And the reality is, and, and it, it, it's hard, it's hard for me to understand that at the school I'm in, we're at a Christian school. So we're, we're believable believers who, you know, read the Bible or in scripture. It's like, God isn't an imperfect father because I screw up. Mm. So well, how, how do I think, like, how do I think that I'm a bad parent? Cause my kid's going to screw up. Like they're, they're kids. We're people like we're, we're going to screw up. And I think that. I even get like that when I'm like in public and my kids are having like a tantrum. Yeah. I mean, I am embarrassed. Yes. Same. I'm not a good parent. Yep. Oh my God. They think this, if I was that parent, I'd be doing yep. right. Let that kid, yep. what in the world? They must never do the mental discipline. Oh, I'm t- dude. Yep. It's real. It's, it's walking through Walmart and your kids screaming and you're holding them under the arms wow. and they're, everybody's been there. Everybody's been, but the difference is, like you said, it's hard when you get in the car and you have that conversation and you hold them to a standard. That's right. where the parenting kicks in. Yeah. And where you fail is when you refuse to change the behavior that had that failing result. Yep. That's the biggest thing. You know, it's like there's areas right now. I mean, I'm failing on late night snacks over the break. Like, mm-hmm. dude, kids go to bed. Wife's already turned in. It's that last stretch for the it's the last light switch that always gets me i'm headed into the pantry why is it always the, the pantry the gummy the gummy snacks are flowing i need some chips give me some goldfish give me those white cheddar cheeses oh my gosh and it's just it and but honestly i haven't i haven't gotten sick and tired of the result yet and so i haven't changed it and that's where i'm failing and you got it you that's where you have to be proactive and pointing it out 
what's great is I'm married to a woman who's not afraid to, to, to send me a text and say, why do I hear goldfish rappers <laughs> going, come to bed? And, uh, so the, you got to have people like that. And I think that that's a big thing too. in it all is like, I remember you going through those interviews. Um, and I just, I just remember specific parts of both of our lives where we've, where we've fallen short and been in those emotions and <clears throat> we listen, typically we listen to each other. And we empathize a little bit. Sometimes we'll vent to each other. And then usually the next conversation is like, okay, so what do, what are we doing here? What are we doing from now on? Like, what are we doing to yeah. change? How do you get better? How do you get better? Where do we from go from this? here? And I think that, you know, those are hard conversations to have, but it's just so important that we have them with our spouses, with each other, with the people we care about. Um, I mean, I'm sure, you know, supervising people, you got to have those conversations regularly. And that's the other thing too, is frequency of the encouragement forward and reflection of our failures. So we, we, there's a little group that we work with now. We've been talking a lot about these three sixties and basically it's strength, weaknesses, and blind spots. And these are people that don't even, they work in the same building, but they're not in my realm at all. But I invite them in and ask them, Hey, point some of these things out to me in case I can't see them. And it's a little bit easier proactively than when you've dropped the ball and, yeah. you know, cause then you're not dealing with as much emotion, but it still stings. I mean, Absolutely. like, especially from people you care about, but it's just so important. It's so, it's so beneficial. I think I actually heard of that process, uh, from you, from a thing that we do or they do at church, um, and they're all staff stuff. And, and it's just been, it's been super beneficial to have that. And, and if you're proactively seeking the areas that you're failing in, there's not a bit, it usually removes the big emotion, the big emotional surprise. You know, it's like, I know, like I know where I'm insignificant. Um, but if I know it ahead of time, like I can constantly be working on that. Like if I struggle with communication, I probably before on break need to make sure I've gotten all me, my emails out and send out everything I need to send as opposed to a parent firing something off to my, you know, principal or, or direct report and, and then me getting blasted on that way. You know, it's, it's a little bit easier to swallow when you, when you hear it from somebody ahead of time and you can work on it. And that's why it's important to seek out, you know, the areas that you failed. Um, what do you think like right now, what is an area you're failing in? Oh my gosh. (laughs) You, you, you talked about parenting. Um, That's, that's gotta be the number one for me, man. I think every single person out here that hears this is going to be like, yep. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Like, so I've got a four and a half year old. My son will be three in a week and it's a circus, dude. It's an absolute circus. It's a circus every day. And it's a constant battle of me not losing my mind on them. Um, when sometimes I do, by the way, yep. Like not proud of that, but it's a thing. It's real. Um, so yeah, man, do you own it with them? Yeah, I try to. That's good. That's not every time. Yeah. That's something that we've had to, I've had to swallow my pride a lot and, and tell it's, it's, it's so dude to say, I'm sorry to a three-year-old. What? Who's been acting like a psycho Uh, and and tearing your house apart. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you just jumped off the back of the couch. Why am I saying sorry to you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's but but it is it's such a it's such an exercise in failure. Yep. 
like you're owning you're it. acknowledging yep i messed up and i think the byproduct hopefully is you're getting better yourself because yep. you're saying it out loud yeah there's something that's to be said for that there's an accountability factor when you tell your kid three five whatever i'm sorry i raised my voice at you and and if i'm being honest i'm sorry i just screamed at you I'm sorry I lost yeah. my mind to yeah. you. Not that I've ever done that, but <laughs> but you say it out loud, then you know the next time you want to, it's like, no, I've I've apologized for this. Or how bad how how good is this one, right? Where the kid starts telling you oh Daddy, gosh. we don't we don't talk like that. Oh Daddy, we don't scream. I, the the hardest thing I ever heard was when my son told me, I just don't like it at all when you yell. Oh, and dude, I was just like to the core. Ooh, I didn't even feel core. like I was yelling. <laughs> it's like, dude, you do, you, you have you, not heard you me don't yelling. You know what yelling is. No, I know. You were yelling. Yeah. I'm not yelling. But you got to own it. Yeah, you And do. I think that that's the, that's the last thing we can talk about as we wrap up. I mean, I think parenting is probably one of the areas that I am too. I would also say, like, personally right now is just, like, like I can work out three to seven days a week. It's fine. I can do all those. The, the eating right consistently is the hardest thing. I love pizza. And like I said, I love late night snacks and those two things are killing. But the biggest thing is owning it. And if you own it and you say it out loud and you have some accountability, you have people that you can just say it to, like even saying it to you right now, it's like when I go to flip that light switch, I'm going to go, Oh, I remember talking about this now. That makes such a big difference because if you don't own the areas you fail, like you're not going to improve in them. It's just, it's, you will not improve if you don't own where you're failing. hundred percent, dude. hundred percent agree with that. You have to, that's all there is to it. I mean, it's like we were just talking about saying sorry is owning that, that failure in the moment. Yep. And, and when you own it, especially when you own it out loud or you have somebody else, then there's that accountability aspect of it. And you have to have people to hold you accountable. That's such an important, positive, positive thing. And I hope that I hope that this is an opportunity for people to feel to 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 sit in this seat with us and go, man, I've been there. I totally know. And it may not be parenting. Like you may not have kids. Like I said, you may not be a believer, but you may be in your job and you've gotten turned down, or you may be a coach and you're just getting beat to death. And it's just you're looking for any win you can. And the biggest thing I'd say is like. You just have to remember how you approach it is going to determine if there's victory or not. And like victors, it, it, it's not about the outcome. Like you're victorious when you don't let your failure hold you back and you don't stay in that area. Like when you step over it and you, and, and sometimes you have to claw, scratch, fight, fake it till you make it like all those things. But once you step over it, you realize, man, it's not that scary. No. It's, it's just part, it's part of the deal. So I'm excited about this, man. I, I, I think it's going to be, it's going to be fun doing this together, getting to reflect on a lot of areas of life. Some will be lighthearted. Some will be heavy. Um, it's just the nature the people listening are going to get to see how our friendship is and how like, it's just un- these poor souls, dude. I know if you guys just spent your time withering away. listening to this <laughs> 40 minutes. You're of, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can thank us later. Just send us a gift card or something like that. Uh, but, but I'm excited. I think it's going to be good and, uh, I can't wait to come. If you, uh, listen, please give us a review. Yes. Um, be honest, be open, 
put your information in there. We're not afraid of critiques. We're not afraid of failure. You just talked about it. Dude, we got to know where the shortcomings are. That's and, right. Uh, it's only going to get better from here. Episode one. EP in the one. books, my man. Love EP you, brother. One. Love you, brother. Welcome to the OGC.